Amen. Well, let's uh, open up our Bibles to 1 Samuel, and we are actually in verse 17, or I should say chapter 17, not verse 17. So as you open up your Bibles to 1 Samuel chapter 17, uh, when we went through this last week, uh, we, we went and we actually we came into the story of David and Goliath. And today we're going to continue with the same story. We're going to continue with the, with the same events. And I know that many of us, we love the story of David and Goliath. I believe that it is a story that everyone loves. We, we enjoy this story. And whether you're a Christian or not, we are fascinated by the courage that this young boy named David had. And let me share this with all of you, in case you didn't know, the age of David at this time was, was uh, he was between the ages of 12 and 15. Imagine that. Imagine the, the young age and, and the young boy that he was and to, to have this courage and this faith that this man had. I mean, it is definitely for us to, to just be encouraged by that, that the same faith and courage that he possessed is something that you and I can also possess. You know, David at his young age, he experiences a great victory. And I do mean it's a great victory only because he slew, I mean, he defeated this mighty uh, champion of, uh, of a man whose name was Goliath. I mean, he was a giant. He was, he was an amazing warrior. And one thing we know about David is that he defeated him in an unconventional manner. This battle was unconventional from the very beginning. And so what David does is he defeats him. Like, and, and it's amazing as, as to how he defeats him. And this is what we're going to be going over today. And before we go over that, I do want to clarify one thing. That this battle is more than a physical battle. This battle is actually a spiritual battle. And it is between good and evil. It's between the people of God. And the enemies of God as well as the anointed of God. And so we covered last week when we went over the first portion of chapter 17. I shared with you and I showed you how Goliath is really a type of Satan. And as I will show you today how David himself is actually a type of Christ. And so we're going to go through the scriptures, and I'm going to show you this at the very end. But before we do that, let's just go over chapter 17. Let's go over just the various verses that, that the Lord has for us, and, and we'll explain them, and we'll just walk away with a greater understanding of, of, of this great battle between David and Goliath. I'm going to read beginning in verse 1, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to expand, expound on the verses beginning in verse 12. As you know, last week we covered the first 11 verses when it came to Goliath. So let's read the whole chapter and then we'll start beginning in verse 12. It says here, Now the Philistines gathered their armies together to battle and were gathered at Soko, which belongs to Judah. They encamped between Soko and Ezekiel and Ephes, Damon, and Saul and the men of Israel were gathered together 
and they encamped in the valley of Elah and drew up in battle array against the Philistines. The Philistines stood on a mountain on one side and Israel stood on a mountain on the other side with a valley between them. And a champion went out from the camp of the Philistines named Goliath from Gad, whose height was six cubits and a span. He had a bronze helmet on his head and he was armed with a coat of mail. And the weight of the coat was 5,000 shekels of bronze. And he had bronze armor on his legs and a bronze javelin between his shoulders. Now the staff of his spear was like a weaver's beam. And his iron spearhead weighed 600 shekels. And a shield bearer went before him. Then he stood and cried out to the armies of Israel and said to them, Why have you come out to line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine and you the servants of Saul? Choose a man for yourselves and let him come down to me. If he is able to fight with me and kill me, then he will be your servant. But if I prevail against him and kill him, then you shall be our servants and serve us. And the Philistines said, I defy the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. And when Saul and all Israel heard these words of the Philistine, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. Now David was a son of the Ephrathite of Bethlehem, Judah, whose name was Jesse and who had eight sons. And the man was old, advancing years in the days of Saul. The three oldest sons of Jesse had gone to follow Saul to the battle. The names of his three sons who went to the battle were Eliab, the firstborn, next to him, Abinadab, and third, Shemah. David was the youngest, and the three oldest followed Saul. But David occasionally went and returned from Saul to feed his father's sheep at Bethlehem. And the Philistine drew near and presented himself forty days, morning and evening. And then Jesse said to his son, David, Take now for your brothers an ephah of this dried grain and these ten loaves, and run to your brothers at the camp, and carry these ten cheeses to the captain of their thousand, and see how your brothers fare, and bring back news of them. Now Saul and they and all the men of Israel were in the valley of Elah, fighting with the Philistines. So David rose early in the morning, left the sheep with the keeper, and took the things, and went as Jesse had commanded him. And he came to the camp, as the army was going out to fight and shouting for the battle. For Israel and the Philistines had drawn up in battle array, army against army, and David left his supplies in the hand of the supply keeper, ran to the army, and came and greeted his brothers. Then as he talked with them, there was a champion, the Philistine of Gath, Goliath by name, coming up from the armies of the Philistines. And he spoke according to the same words, so David heard them, and all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled from him and were dreadfully afraid. So the men of Israel said, Have you seen this man who has come up? Surely he has come up 
to defy Israel. And it shall be that the man who kills him, the king will enrich with great riches, will give him his daughter and give his father's house exemption from taxes in Israel. And then David spoke to the man who stood by him saying, What shall be done for the man who kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? And the people answered him in this manner saying, So shall it be done for the man who kills him. Now Eliab, his oldest brother, heard when he spoke to the men. And Eliab's anger was aroused against David. And he said, Why did you come down here? And with whom have you left these few sheep in the wilderness? I know your pride and the insolence of your heart. For you have come down to see the battle. And David said, What have I done now? Is there not a cause? Then he turned from him toward another and said the same thing. And these people answered him as the first ones did. Now when the words which David spoke were heard, they reported them to Saul, and he sent for him. Then David said to Saul, Let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight with this Philistine. And Saul said to David, You are not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him, for you are a youth, and he a man of war from his youth. But David said to Saul, Your servant used to keep his father's sheep. And when a lion or a bear came and took a lamb out of the flock, I went out after it and struck it and delivered the lamb from its mouth. And when it arose against me, I caught it by its beard and struck and killed it. Your servant has killed both lion and bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, seeing he has defied the armies of the living God. Moreover, David said, The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said to David, Go, and the Lord be with you. So Saul clothed David with his armor, and he put a bronze helmet on his head. He also clothed him with a coat of mail. David fastened his sword to his armor, and tried to walk, for he had not tested them. And David said to Saul, I cannot walk with these, for I have not tested them. So David took them off. Then he took his staff in his hand, and he chose for himself five smooth stones from the brook, and put them in a shepherd's bag, in a pouch, which he had. And his sling was in his hand, and he drew near to the Philistine. So the Philistine came, and began drawing near to David, and the man who bore the shield went before him. And when the Philistine looked about and saw David, he disdained him. He was only a youth, ruddy and good-looking. So the Philistine said to David, Am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine said to David, Come to me, and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air. And the beast of the field. Then David said to the Philistine, You come to me with a sword, with a spear, and with a javelin. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defiled. 
This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you and take your head from you. And this day I will give the carcasses of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Then all this assembly shall know that the Lord does not save with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hand. So it was when the Philistine arose and came and drew near to meet David, that David hurried and ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. Then David put his hand in his bag and took out a stone, and he slung it and struck the Philistine in his forehead, so that the stone sank into his forehead and he fell on his face to the earth. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone. And struck the Philistine and killed him. But there was no sword in his hand, in the hand of, the, of David. Therefore David ran and stood over the Philistine, took his sword, and drew it out of its sheath, and killed him, and cut off his head with it. And when the Philistines saw that their champion was dead, they fled. Now the men of Israel and Judah arose and shouted and pursued the Philistines as far as the entrance of the valley and to the gates of Ekron. And the wounded of the Philistines fell along the road to Sheriam, even as far as Gath and Ekron. Then the children of Israel returned from chasing the Philistines, and they plundered their tents. And David took the head of the Philistine and brought it to Jerusalem, but he put his armor in his tent. And when Saul saw David going out against the Philistine, he said, to Abner, the commander of the army, Abner, whose son is this youth? And Abner said, as your soul lives, O king, I do not know. So the king said, inquire whose son this young man is. Then as David returned from the slaughter of the Philistine, Abner took him and brought him before Saul with the head of the Philistine in his hand. And Saul said to him, whose son are you, young man? So David answered, I am the son of your servant Jesse, the Bethlehemite. You know, as we look at this, right, as we look at this amazing battle between David and this champion Goliath, I mean, this is just an amazing victory for Israel, an amazing victory for David, an amazing victory for Israel, and we know one thing, that the victory was already the Lord's. You know, as we look at this, right, as we think about this, you know, it's just, you know, it's just mind-boggling when you look at just the, the faith and the courage of David. A guy that's only between the ages of 12 to 15 years of age to have this courage and this faith in God that he would defeat this giant Goliath. You know, as I mentioned to you regarding Goliath, Goliath was a type of Satan. And I gave you the illustrations to point to the fact that he was a type of of Satan. And now we look at David, right? We're going to study David. We're going we're gonna to look at the verses that have to do with David and, and then the battle and the victory that David experienced. And so with this, let's go ahead and begin to look at the verses here beginning in verse 12. And we'll read first to verse 14. It says here, Now David was the son of that Ephrathite of Bethlehem, Judah, whose name was Jesse, 
and who had eight sons. And the man was old, advancing years in the days of Saul. The three oldest sons of Jesse had gone to follow Saul to the battle. And the names of his three sons who went to the battle were Eliab, the firstborn, next to him Abinadab, and the third Shemal. David was the youngest, and the three oldest followed Saul. So we're introduced here, right? We're introduced to David. And it tells us that he is the son of Jesse. And we know one thing about David is that he is from the tribe of Judah. His, his father was from the tribe of Judah. And as we look at this, right, it tells us that he had eight sons. And David is the youngest of the eight sons. Imagine, imagine a, a couple, a father, right, and his, and his wife, they had eight sons. I mean, for us to have eight sons, I mean, that, we know that, that, I mean, that's just amazing that, that someone would just have eight sons without a daughter. And so he has eight sons, and all of these sons, I want you to understand, they, they, were, they were all, you know what, just, just men that, that, uh, that, that, that had a, a father and, and had an example of, of a man that, that, you know what, that loved the Lord. And so as we have this, right, as we're looking at these men, it says that Jesse, as you look at there in verse 12, it says that, that oh, I'm sorry, in ver- yeah, in, in verse 12, it says that he was old, he was advanced in years. And what this means is that Jesse was now too old to be in the military. He was old, too old to be a soldier. And so we see here that, that he has these eight sons, and it tells us that three of them were in the army of Saul. And as you look at this, right, as we look at verse 12 and verse 13, it's, it's sort of referencing ages here. And I want you to know how this, why this is important, because it sort of gives us an idea as to the age of David. See, when you look at this, right, Jesse's too old. And when we look at the three oldest sons, they are actually in the army, right? They're enlisted. And I want you to know that in order to be in the army of Israel, in order to be a soldier, you had to be 20 years and older. So when we look at this, right, in in Numbers 1-3, it tells us that the only ones that were able to go to war were the men that were 20 years and older. And so when we look at this, right, we, we see that the oldest three sons of Jesse are in the military. So this means that each and every one of these three sons were over the age of 20. So let's say that the youngest would have been 20. So that means that the next three, let's take a year and a half or a year and a couple months, that would give us more or less the age of David being 15 years of age. Okay, so, so as we see this, right, this is what sort of gives us the idea as to how old David is. We know that David was... Maybe anywhere between 10 to 12 years old, maybe about 12 years old when he was anointed as the king of Israel. And so we see here, right, we see here that, that he's the youngest. And verse 15 tells us, but David occasionally went and returned from Saul to feed his father's sheep at Bethlehem. And here we're just going to give you a lot of information. It's just, it's just information that we see here, right, that, that David as as we know before, right, it was told to us that the Spirit of God had departed from King Saul and a distressing spirit came to Saul. And we know that this was an evil, demonic spirit that would, 
that would just harass Saul. And it would torment Saul. And we know that it would trouble him, right? And so we know that King David was chosen. And whenever King David would play the harp, the distressing spirit would depart from King Saul. And so we have here, right? We have here that, that David being a, 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 a man of, of worship, right? He was a, a man who loved to worship the Lord. He, he played instruments for the Lord. And we know that he was brought to the house of King Saul to relieve him of this troubling spirit. And it tells us here that David would leave. That David wasn't always with King Saul. So in other words, remember King Saul asked for David from his father Jesse, but he didn't remain with Saul all this time. He would leave Saul because the distressing spirit would leave Saul. So when the distressing spirit would leave Saul, David would go to his father's house. And what would he do? He would tend the sheep. (coughs) As we see there, that he would feed his father's sheep. He was a shepherd. He loved sheep. He loved to shepherd. He loved to tend the sheep. And then in verse 16, it tells us this. It says, And the Philistine drew near and presented himself 40 days morning and evening. The reminder here about Goliath. I want to remind you this, that Goliath would come out morning and evening. And he would go out looking for a a, a, a champion. Looking for a champion from Israel. Remember, he was a champion from the Philistines. And so he would look for an opponent. He was looking for a champion from the tribe of Israel to fight against him. Remember, this battle became personal. It was no longer between the tribe of Israel against the nation of the Philistine. It wasn't against nations. It now became a personal battle. And as we look at this, right, as we examine this, he was a champion of the enemy. And he was looking for a champion from Israel. And we know one thing about this champion, no one was like him. This man was nine feet, nine inches tall. Imagine this. And the armor that he had on weighed 125 pounds. Imagine that, 125 pounds of armor. You know, there's people that can't even lift up 100 pounds, right? And to think that this man carried around an armor of 125 pounds. And and think of it this way. Remember, this was an armor that he would put on to fight and to battle so he was agile. It was like nothing to him. He was able to go out and, and to fight and maneuver with it and to, and to be able to, to just defeat his opponents. It says that his spearhead weighed 15 pounds. Imagine this. The, the spearhead would weigh 15 pounds. So he just would carry it like nothing. Think of this. Imagine this man, right? Because let me remind you that when you look at the battlefield, and we're going to cover this in just a second, there was a valley in between the armies of Israel and the armies of the Philistines. It'd be like here, but I mean with much more distance. And so we would have Goliath that would go out in this armor of brass, this shiny armor of brass. Imagine this. And during the day, right, the sun would shine on it. And he was nine feet Nine inches tall, and he had this armor of brass. Everything on him was was pure brass. 
And he would go out there and he would be challenging and calling out an opponent. And so we see this, right? We see that, that as this happens, you're at the end of verse 16. Or, or it tells us that he did this morning and evening. And as we look at this, right? Now, after this, God would begin to move the pieces to bring his, his champion David to the battlefield. Look at what it says in verse 17. It says, Then Jesse said to his son David, Take now for your brothers an ephah of this dried grain and these ten loaves, and run to your brothers at the camp, and carry these ten cheeses to the captain of their thousand, and see how your brothers fare, and bring back news of them. So Jesse sends his son David. He sends him to the battlefield. And he sends him to take food to his sons, right? Remember, this is how, you know what, what, what would happen in, the, in these battles is that they would take food to the soldiers. They would take food to them, right? The, the families would. And so this is what's happening here. There, he takes, he says, you know what, I want you to take food to your, to your, to your brothers. I want you to take grain and these ten loaves of bread. And to the captain, I want you to take these ten cheeses. And so he wants him to take food, but most of all, he wants to really find out what's happening with his boys. You know, you have a loving father here that is so concerned about his sons, right? He wants to know, where, what, are they okay? You know, we haven't heard anything. Are they doing well? I want you to go find out exactly what is happening with your brothers. So let's keep reading. Verse 19, it says, Now Saul and they... And all the men of Israel were in the valley of Elah fighting with the Philistines. So David rose early in the morning, left the sheep with a keeper, and took the things, and went as Jesse had commanded him. And he came to the camp as the army was going out to fight and shouting for battle. For Israel and the Philistines had drawn up in battle array, army against army. The writer lets us know again about this valley of Elah, right? How you have the Philistines on one side and you have Israel on the other side. And it tells us that David arrives early in the morning. And he arrives just in time, as we're going to read, to hear Goliath. Goliath calling out for an opponent. But we see here, one thing that you see, and I want to bring this uh, uh, attention to this, is that you see the army of Israel, they're shouting, right? They're shouting to one another. And why are they shouting? They're trying to pump each other up, right? They're trying to ignite courage to go out and fight Goliath. Remember, Goliath was out there 40 days. And this is where we're at. We're on the 40th days. 40th day. And so these, these men, they're trying to stir up courage within themselves. And they're shouting and they're, they're trying to ignite this courage so they can go battle Goliath. And then let's see what happens. Here in verse 22 it says, And David left his supplies in the hand of the supply keeper, ran to the army, and came and greeted his brothers. Then as he talked with them, there was a champion, the Philistine of Gath, Goliath by name, coming up from the armies of the Philistines, and he spoke according to the same words. So David heard them. So David, he arrives in perfect timing, right? Again, remember, God is sovereign. God has chosen a champion for Israel. And so he, he allows David to arrive there on the 40th day to hear the challenge from this champion, Goliath. 
And so David, what does he do? He leaves the bread, the grain, and the cheese with the supply keeper. And what does he see? He sees there his brothers. Imagine he sees his brothers, right? And what does he do? He goes to his brothers, right? And he wants to greet them. And that's when he hears Goliath speaking. Let's hear, let's, let's, let's read verse 24. It says, And all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled from him and were dreadfully afraid. So imagine this. They were all what? They were all shouting and igniting courage within themselves. And as soon as Goliath comes out shouting, what do they do? They immediately run. They immediately flee. They immediately retreat. They back up. And it says, not a single man of Israel went forward. And I want to remind you that the man that, they said that not a single man, in other words, not King Saul or even Jonathan, his son. And remember, Jonathan was a man of faith, right? Remember, Jonathan went and fought against the garrison of the Philistines, and he was victorious. He was like that. Remember, I explained to you like the scenes from, from these Marvel comics, like, Captain America, right, where he would go out and he would defeat all of these men. Single-handedly, him and his armor bearer had like 20 men that were killed by them. But Jonathan, as he hears Goliath, he himself is filled with fear. And Saul, of course, he himself is also fearful, right? And let me remind you about this, right? I mean, as we look at this, immediately when fear comes in, it contaminated what the faith of Jonathan. And he immediately retreats. All of them retreated. Not one of them went out to challenge Goliath. None of them had faith in God to fight this mighty giant. Let's keep reading. So then, it says there in verse 25, So the men of Israel said, Have you seen this man who has come up? Surely he has come up to defy Israel. And it shall be that the man who kills, the king, kills him, the king will enrich him with great riches, will give him his daughter, and give his father's house exemption from taxes in Israel. And then David spoke to the man who stood by him, saying, What shall be done for the man who kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? You know, David... As he sees this, right, as he sees Goliath throwing out the challenge, as he sees Goliath, you know what, calling out an opponent, you know what, he hears these men that begin to tell David, hey David, you know what, you just came here, right? And they shared with David that, you know what, this man that you're listening to, if you kill him, guess what's going to happen? You're going to be made rich. He says, you're going to become a part of Saul's family because he's going to give you his daughter. And your family, they will be exempt from taxes in Israel. And so David hears it, right? David says, David hears it and he repeats it. He says, you know what? He says, what shall be done for the man who kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach? Like, you know what? Does that really matter? What matters to David is this. And I want you to understand, he says, For who is, this, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? He's questioning, who is this guy? You know what, who is this guy, this, this, this giant of a man that, that, you know what, he's, un, he's an uncircumcised Philistine. 
You know what? Who is he to challenge the power of God? To challenge the power of Israel? This is what David is most concerned about. This is why he's throwing this out. He's saying, you know what? The other stuff, okay, but this is what matters most. Who is this guy? Who is this uncircumcised Philistine? And then it says there in verse 27, And the people answered him in this manner, saying, So shall it be done for the man who kills him. You know what? They repeat it, right? And that's not really what, what David is really concerned about. Look at what it says here in verse 28. It says, Now Eliab, his oldest brother, heard when he spoke to the men. And Eliab's anger was aroused against David. And he said, Why did you come down here? And with whom have you left those few sheep in the wilderness? I know your pride and the insolence of your heart, for you have come down to see the battle. So as, you know, these conversations, right, as these exchanges are going on, as, uh, let me remind you, he went with his brothers, right, and his brothers hear David speaking, right, and you have Eliab, the oldest, who gets upset. He's upset at David and he begins to question his motives as well as he begins to mock his younger brother. How many of you here, as far as men, have brothers? Have you ever fought with your brothers? A lot of times, right? Is there always contention between you and your brothers? You know, this is what we see here, right? We see here Eliab, right, fighting with his younger brother. There was, there was contention between the two, right? And one thing we know about Eliab, remember when God, when Eliab was presented to Samuel? Remember what Samuel said here in 1 Samuel 16, beginning in verse 6? It says, So it was when they came that Samuel looked at Eliab and said, Surely the Lord's, the Lord's anointed is before him. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look at his appearance or at his physical stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord does not see as man sees, for man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. This was Eliab. Now you know why God did not choose Eliab as king, right? You see that his heart is all messed up. And so David responds to, to Eliab there in verse 29, what have I done now? Is there not a cause? David responds, you know what? What did I do now? You know what? Again, you know what? There's a constant contention between me and between you and I what have I done now isn't there a cause I mean there's a battle going on here I came to bring you guys food and let's read in verse 30 and find out what happens next then he turned from him toward another and said the same thing and these people answered him as the first one so in other words what David is doing he's going around and he's telling the soldiers who is this uncircumcised Philistine who is challenging the power of Israel you know what, I could picture David, right, as he's going from soldier to soldier, and he's saying, you know what, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? He's challenging the power of Israel. Who is he? Who is this guy? Who does he think he is? And look at what it says in verse 31. Now, when the words which David spoke were heard, they reported them to Saul, and he sent for him. So in other words, you know what, this young boy is the only one that is willing to challenge Goliath. And the soldiers are hearing it and saying, you know what, this guy has courage, right? And we got to tell Saul that there's a man here that is not retreating, but he's actually willing to fight Goliath. He's challenging who is this uncircumcised 
Philistine. And so, verse 32, this is what happens next. Then David said to Saul, Let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight with this Philistine. So David is brought before Saul. And David tells him, you know what? Don't let anyone be afraid of this guy. Your servant will go and fight with this Philistine. Imagine this, David, this young 15-year-old kid, and all of these soldiers, right? And remember one thing about Saul. Saul was taller than any other man. And to think that, you know what, this little kid who's much shorter than King Saul is willing to go out and fight. I mean, the courage and the, and the faith that this man had, as, as we're going to examine the faith that he had. Verse 33 says this, And Saul said to David, You are not able to go against the Philistine to fight with him, for you are a youth, and he a man of war from his youth. Saul says, You know what, you can't fight him. This was his initial response to David, right? You cannot fight Goliath. Imagine, right? He's saying, you know what? Goliath, understand this. You're a youth. And Goliath was a warrior from his youth. Remember, he was a champion. Everybody knew of Goliath, right? They knew of his history. They knew that this man was a mighty warrior, a champion. And people heard of Goliath. And he says, this guy has has been a a champion, a, a warrior from his youth. Let's keep reading verse 34, and we're going to examine now the faith of David. It says, But David said to Saul, Your servant used to keep his father's sheep. And when a lion or a bear came and took a lamb out of the flock, I went out after it and struck it and delivered the lamb from its mouth. And when it arose against me, I caught it by its beard and struck and killed it. David explains, and this is what's awesome about David, he explains to Saul why he should go, why he is a worthy opponent. Imagine this, David needs to sell Saul, right, because Saul is saying, you're a youth. So David says, you know what, I'm a worthy opponent, understand this, I have tended my father's sheep, and when I tend my father's sheep, lions and bears would come, and they would take a lamb for their meal. And so what I would do is I would go after them. And David says that he would strike them. You know what? As he, went, as he was going after them, he would strike the lion and the bear. And immediately when you strike them, right, what would the lion or the bear do? They would immediately come after David. So David would say, as they came after me, guess what I did? I also would strike it and I would kill it. And so David is saying, just like these animals, these mighty animals... I am able to kill Goliath in the same fashion. I want to share this with you. I'm going to give you right now two reasons why David is saying he is able to defeat Goliath. One is his experience. Okay, he shared it with us, right? And let me share this with you. There is nothing like experience. And what I mean by this is that The experience that God gives us, right, as He defeats the giants in our lives. I want you to understand this, right? Experience or our our past, right, with the victories that God has had in our lives gives us faith. See, faith increases with experience. 
Understand this, the more God shows you victory after victory should give you, should give you just faith that God can do as He has done in times past. See, that's one thing that we sometimes tend to forget, right? Immediately when we're faced with another trial, we immediately do what? We immediately go into a corner and we, we put ourselves in the, you know what? And, uh, we put ourselves in, in the corner and we hide and we're just like, oh gosh, you know what? This trial is before me. Instead of saying, you know what? God, here's just another trial. I've seen what you've done time and time again as you've continued to defeat these trials, these storms, these fires that come upon my life. And yet, you continue to show yourself strong. This is what God wants us to do, right? He wants us to have these experiences that we've had in Him to build our faith. It's all about building our faith so that the next time a trial comes, the next time a storm comes, that you're strong enough to fight, right? To, to look at the Lord and to say, you know what, Lord? You're going to take it down. This is what God wants from us, and this is what you see in David. To be able to have the confidence to face, again, these giants from the enemy. As we read in verse 37, here's the second reason. Moreover, David said, The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, He will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. You know what David is doing? His second reason for defeating Goliath is, I have the Lord on my side, right? Imagine the faith that he places in the Lord. See, the Lord has been perfect, he says. He's delivered me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear. He will deliver me from Goliath. See, this is the faith that, God, that, Goliath, that David had in God. And this is the faith that God wants us to have in him. To know that, you know what, without a doubt that God will deliver us from the enemy. And this is that faith that was able to allow David to move forward to face the giant. Do we have this same faith? See, this is the faith that God wants, to, wants us to have. This is why you go through trials. It's a matter of building your faith. Of having a great faith in God to face any trial, any storm. Any fire that comes to consume you. And this is where David wants, I mean, this is where the Lord wants us to be. These are the reasons for our trials. These are the reasons for our giants. And know this, that immediately, as soon as Saul hears this, what does Saul say? He says, in verse 37, he says, Go and the Lord be with you. Go and the Lord be with you. Imagine that. Imagine after Saul hears the faith of David. He says, go for it. You know what? I hear you. And let me remind you about Saul. Imagine when David is sharing these things with King Saul. Imagine the memories that King Saul would have had. Because see, when the Spirit of God was upon Saul, he did mighty things for the Lord. He was able to fight the enemies, right? Look at what it says in 1 Samuel 14, beginning in verse 47. It says, So Saul established his sovereignty over Israel and fought against all his enemies on every side, against Moab, against the people of Ammon, against Edom, against the kings, kings of Zobal, and against the Philistines. Wherever he turned, he harassed them, and he gathered an army and attacked the Amalekites 
and delivered Israel from the hands of those who plundered them. This was when Saul had the anointing of the Holy Spirit. This is when Saul was filled with the Holy Spirit. This is when Saul was one with God. And so to hear David, right, I'm sure it is bringing back the memories of Saul. Or, or, or the memories that, that he had when he had the Spirit of God. See, there are some of us here that at one time were used greatly by the Lord. There's some that are going to hear this message that at one time they were used greatly by God. But see, they chose to practice sin or they chose to leave their first love. And the only thing that they have now are memories. See, one thing that we know is that God doesn't want us to live in memories. He wants actually these memories to once again become a reality. See, God can do greater things than He has done in times past. And we know one thing that God says, if you make your heart loyal to me, I will show myself strong through you. Second Chronicles 16, verse 9. As we keep reading, verse 38 says this, So Saul clothed David with his armor, and he put a bronze helmet on his head. He also clothed him with a coat of mail. And David fastened his sword to his armor and tried to walk, for he had not tested them. And David said to Saul, I cannot walk with these, for I have not tested them. So David took them off. Imagine this. I want you to understand, David, I mean, Saul was so moved by the faith of David when he said, you know what? That, guess what? That the Lord will deliver me from the, from the hand of this Philistine. That he said, you know what? Go for it, right? And immediately, what does he do? He takes off his armor. This was a sign of honor that, that, that Saul had towards David at this very moment. See, David was displaying great faith. And so Saul says, you can take my armor. He gives up his armor. And it is believed that the only ones that had armors at this time, understand this, would have been King Saul and his son Jonathan or his sons that were with him. It is believed that they would be the only ones with armor. The rest of the soldiers would not have armor on. And so to think that Saul would immediately give up his armor for David. I mean, this is what? A sign of honor, a sign of, uh, of just, uh, of just uh, worth to, to when it came to, to David and his courage. And so what does David do? David says, you know what? It doesn't work. Can you imagine? Remember, how tall is Saul? Saul is taller than anyone, right? He's taller. He was, he was a foot higher than anyone else. So to think of the armor that Saul had on and to put it on David? I mean, David, a little 15-year-old, right? He, he hasn't even developed great muscles yet, right? His physique is still, is still, you know, it's still smaller and skinnier, right? And to put on this armor and he's trying to walk around, he says, forget this. Forget this, right? I can't walk. I can't even fight with this armor. So he immediately takes it off. You know what this tells me? And, I look, and when I read this, I kept thinking, you know what? You and I can never fight with another man's armor. See, you and I cannot fight with another man's armor. See, the only armor that we can fight with is with the armor of God. And I want you to remember that. You cannot put on someone else's armor. 
I cannot put on uh, someone else's armor. I cannot defeat the, uh, the, the enemies. I cannot defeat Satan himself. I cannot defeat the demons that are on me by using another man's armor. The only armor that I will be able to defeat the enemy is with the armor of God. This is what he tells us in Ephesians 6 verse 11. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. The only armor that we can put on is the armor of God. And I've been sharing this with you. It's important that we on a daily basis would put on the armor of God. I don't know if you noticed this, but the armor of God has been coming up on a consistent basis in the teachings. And it's not by choice. These are just coming up. And I truly believe that, God, that there is a battle before us. There is a spiritual battle that goes on. And in order for you to be ready for this spiritual battle is that you need to be putting on the armor of God on a daily basis. You need to memorize these body parts. The belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, boots of peace, helmet of salvation, sword of spirit, shield of faith. And you need to be putting them on a daily basis by faith. This is the only way you'll be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Verse 40, as we keep reading on, it says, Then he took his staff in his hand, and he chose for himself five smooth stones from the brook, and put them in a shepherd's bag, in a pouch which he had, and, he, and his sling was in his hand. And he drew near to the Philistine. So immediately when David takes off the armor, he gets his shepherd's staff. Imagine this. He takes five smooth stones from the brook. There was a brook that was there in, towards, close to the valley. So as he's headed down there, he sees a brook and he takes five smooth stones. And he put, places them in his shepherd's bag where he had his sling. And then he immediately moves forward to, towards Goliath. Let's keep reading in verse 41. So the Philistine came and began drawing near to David. And the man who bore the shield went before him. That is the, uh, the, sh- uh, the, the, the man who bore uh, Goliath's shield. He went before him. And verse 42 says, And when the Philistine looked about and saw David, he disdained him. For he was a, only a youth, ruddy and good looking. Okay? On the 40th day, remember it's 40 days as he's shouting for an opponent for 40 days, and then he sees a young boy coming towards him. 40 days, he's, he's screaming out for a challenge, right? He's screaming out for the champion of Israel. And what do they send him? They send him a boy. He's thinking to himself, what's going on here, right? I mean, why would, I, why would you send this kid to, to, to me, right? He's, look, he's young. He's a youth. He's good looking. He doesn't even have an armor on. And guess what? I hate him because of this, right? And so what is, it, what is he going to do? Let's look at verse 43. He says this. He says, So the Philistine said to David, Am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. Oh, that's the worst thing to do. And the Philistine said to David, Come to me, and I will give you, I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. You know, as remember, David is coming with a shepherd staff, right? He's coming with his stick, right? And so immediately, what do you do with dogs? You throw sticks, right? So he says, what am I, a dog that you come with your sticks? You know, he's being sarcastic, right? But what he does, which he should never have done, he begins to curse David by his gods. And Goliath lets him know that, you know what, I'm going to kill you. 
And I'm going to give your flesh to the birds and to the beasts. Let's keep reading verse 45. So it says this. He says, Then David said to the Philistine, You come to me with sword, with a spear, and with a javelin. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defiled. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you and take your head from you. And this day I will give the carcasses of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth. And all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Imagine this. I mean, this is just so awesome, right? I mean, the faith and the courage of David, right? He tells them, you know what? You come to me with weapons, right? You come to me with spears. You come to me with weapons of warfare. But I come to you in the name of the Lord. I want you to know this. There is power in the name of Jesus. And let us never forget this, right? Because I, believe me, there have been times, and I've, I've shared this in times past, you know what, when I've done a, uh, a, 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 uh, a deliverance, right, when somebody has been possessed by a demon, when you say the name of Jesus, I want you to know this, they fear the name. And when you say the name of Jesus to somebody that is demon possessed, believing in the power of the name of Jesus, they, 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 they just become so fearful, they they, they, they try to hide themselves, and, and it's amazing to see this, and I share this with you only because I want you to know that there is power in the name of Jesus. And this is why as David goes forward, he tells them that I come to you in the name of the Lord, and God will deliver you into my hands, and I will strike you and take your head, and guess what? The birds and the, and the beasts will eat the flesh of the Philistines. Imagine this, the confidence and the faith that he had, right? Verse 47 says this. It says, oh, I did read that. So verse 48 says this. So it was when the Philistines arose and came and drew near to meet David, that David hurried and ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. And then David put his hand in his bag and took out a stone and he slung it and struck the Philistine in his forehead so that the stone sank into his forehead and he fell on his face to the earth. This is amazing. I want you to know this. Remember, remember what David says, you know what, I don't come to you with spears and with a sword. You know what, remember what David says, you know what, I come to you in the name of the Lord, right? And David knew, I want you to know this, as, as, I, as, I, as I wanted to share with you, what he said there at the end of verse 47, he said there, For the battle is the Lord's and he will give you into our hands. See, immediately I want you to understand what David knew here. David knew that this battle was not a physical battle. He brought the Lord into it. He knew that this was a spiritual battle as he says there, For the battle is the Lord's. This is a spiritual battle. And I want you to know, it's just like the spiritual battle that we face on a daily basis. The battle that we face, it's not with flesh and bones. And this is what David is saying. This is the Lord's battle. It's not against you, Goliath. It is, the, 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 it is against the one that you represent. This is who I'm facing, right? This is the Lord's battle. And understand this, that I will defeat, that God will defeat 
And this is why it tells us in Ephesians 6 verse 12, it says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in that evil day, and having done all, to stand. See, understand this. That when David faced him, he knew that he was going into a spiritual battle. He was going to depend completely on the Lord to defeat this giant. And this is why David doesn't slowly go to the giant. You know what he does? He runs towards him. Imagine this. He runs towards the giant. He's just not walking towards him, but he runs towards the giant. Just like he ran after. Remember, he ran after the lions and the bears, he said. And so he runs after Goliath. And he puts his hand in his bag, he gets the sling and the, slow, the stone, and he slung the stone. And understand this, God supernaturally, I want you to know this, God supernaturally navigates the stone to hit the forehead of Goliath. See, it wasn't just by chance, it wasn't by his skill. When you belong to God, understand this, God will defeat the enemies. He will do it on his terms. And by his ways. And all we have to do is walk by faith. And all David did is, you know what? I'm running. I'm going to get that stone by faith. I'm going to sling it at him. And guess what? God will do the rest. God will defeat the enemy. And he hits his forehead. And look at what it says in verse 50. It says, so David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone. And struck the Philistine and killed him. But there was no sword in, his, in the hand of David. Therefore David ran and stood over the Philistine, took his sword, and drew it out of its sheath, and killed him, and cut off his head with it. And when the Philistines saw their champion was dead, they fled. The writer wants to remind us that there is no sword in the hand of David. But what does he do? He takes the sword of Goliath, he kills him, and he cuts off his head. Imagine this. He cuts off his head. And one thing we know is that David kept the head and the sword of Goliath and the armor of Goliath as mementos, as a reminder of the victory that God had. But when we see this, right, we see, the, again, how many of us can trust the enemy? Whenever you have an enemy or, 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 or somebody of the world, I mean, it's hard to believe them, right? And this is, remember Goliath said, if you defeat me, then guess what? We will all surrender our lives to you. Right? That the armies of the Philistines will all surrender themselves to you. What do we see the Philistines doing? They don't even listen. They flee, right? They run. Again, the liar that Satan is, right? Just like this Goliath. They're all liars. And so what happens? They all run. And we see, and, 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 and you know what? And, and let's see what happens here in verse 52 it says now the men of israel and judah rose and shouted and pursued the philistines as far as the entrance of the valley and to the gates of ekron and the wounded of the philistines fell along the road to Sherem, even as far as gath and ekron then the children of israel returned from chasing the philistines and they plundered their tents and david took the head of the philistine and brought it to jerusalem but he put his armor in his tent armor of goliath and when Saul saw David going out against the Philistine. He said to Abner, the commander of the army, Abner, whose son is this you? 
I want you to know this, that the Israelites, as well as David, they began to chase the Philistines. Just as David said, he says, you know what, we're going to chase them, we're going to kill them, and we're going to allow the birds and the beasts to eat them. And Saul, he immediately asked Abner, whose son is he? See, Saul wants to know who the father of David is. You know what, he wants to know who is this? Who, what, what father, who, who is the one that brought this man, this young man, David, to see the courage? Does he have brothers? Does he have other people? Little did he know that he had brothers already that were in his army. And verse 56 says this. So the king said, inquire whose son this young man is. Then as David returned from the slaughter of the Philistine, Abner took him and brought him before Saul with the head of the Philistine in his hand. Imagine that. David's still carrying around the head of, of Goliath. And Saul said to him, Whose son are you, young man? So David answered, I am the son of your servant, Jesse the Bethlehemite. I want you to know this. Saul tells Abner, find out. And so he gets David and, and David responds, I am the son of Jesse. See, some get this confused into thinking that, you know what? That Saul is trying to find out who is David. It's not, he's not asking who is David. He's asking who is your father? Whose son are you, right? This is what he's trying to find out. He's not saying, because remember, David was with Saul. It says that David used to go from Saul's house back and forth. So David, I mean, so Saul is forgetting. You know what? I know you told me who your father was, but who, are, who is your father? And this is why David tells him, I am the son of your servant Jesse, Jesse the Bethlehemite. And I want to close with this. Remember, I promised you that I would give you the reasons why David is a type of Christ. Remember, this battle was against the champion of the devil as well as the champion of God. And what we have here is we have Goliath who was a type of Satan, who was a type of the devil. But we see here that David is a type of Christ. See, I gave you the points last week why Goliath represented Satan. I'm going to give you the points as to why David represented Christ. When you look at David, and these are going to be quick, when you look at David, David was sent by his father. In verse 17, it, sa it states that Jesse sent David to the battlefield. When we look at Jesus, was not Jesus sent by his father? When you look at John 3, 16 and verse 17, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. You see that as David was sent by his father, so Jesus was sent by his father. Number two, David's brothers did not receive him. When we look at Jesus, when you look at, you know, verse 28 tells us that his family, his brothers did not receive him. Eliab, right? And the other brothers, they were upset that David was there. They didn't receive him. But when you look at, at Jesus, right? We look at his brothers, his family. They did not receive him, right? We know that his, his, his brothers actually thought that Jesus was crazy, remember? They say, you know what? This man is crazy, right? But we also know one thing. We know that as it tells us in John 1 verse 11, it says, He came to His own and His own did not receive Him. You look at point number three. 
David had previous battles with the enemy. Okay? In verse 37, it tells us that he fought against the enemies and defeated them. According to Matthew 4.11, when it talks about Jesus, remember Jesus. Who did Jesus fight against? He had previous battles with Satan, right? Remember Satan was tempting Jesus after he fasted for 40 days and for 40 nights? It says here in, verse, in Matthew 4.11, Then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and ministered to him. You see the previous battles that Satan had, I mean, that, that the Lord had with Satan. And we know one thing is that David, when we look at point number four, David did not fight with a sword. Okay, in verse 47, it tells us that he didn't need a sword or a spear. And when we look at Jesus, when Jesus fought against Satan, did Jesus need a sword? Did he need a weapon to defeat Satan when he was tempted for 40 days and for 40 nights? Jesus defeated Satan with the word of God, didn't he? And as it tells us in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. And then point number five, David defeated Goliath. In verse 50, it tells us that David defeated Goliath. And let me read to you the scriptures when it comes to Jesus defeating Satan. 1 Corinthians 1.18 says, For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. Hebrews 2.14 says, Inasmuch then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared in the same, that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death, that is the devil. As we see this, as we see that David is a type of Christ, and we see here that David defeated Goliath as well as Jesus defeated the power of Satan. And we know that Satan knows his destiny. We know that Satan will be thrown into the lake of fire where he will spend the rest of eternity. Just like the false prophet, just like the Antichrist, as well as all those who have rejected Jesus Christ. And with that, we will close. Lord, we just want to thank you as we just heard your word and we saw the faith and the courage of David, Lord. Lord, we see his courage. We see his faith. We see that the battle belongs to you. We see that it is, it is for all to see that you do not fight with sword and spear. But we know that you fight and you have victory without any of these things. We know one thing is that your desire is that each and every one of us would be encouraged by the faith and the courage of, of David. And as you've shown yourself so faithful to us, Lord, your desire is that we would also increase in our faith. That we would be a people that are willing to, to fight from victory. To know that the victory, the battle's already, the victory is yours, the battle's been won. May we not be a people that, that are fearful. For we saw even Jonathan, Lord, this, this amazing man of faith also allowed his fear to contaminate his faith. 
So I pray for every single one of us. If there are anyone, if there are any here that are struggling in their faith, if there are any here that are struggling as they walk in this world, I'm going to pray for you now. I'm going to pray that the Lord strengthen you, that you would be encouraged by this great victory that that David had against Goliath. And if this is you, and that if you need, if you need this strength, if you need this faith that David had, I'm going to ask you now to raise your hand, and I'm going to pray for you. Amen. Anyone else? Amen. Anyone else? Anyone else? Amen. Anyone else? Anyone else? Amen. Anyone else? Anyone else? Anyone else? Lord, you see these hands that went up. Lord, as they struggle in their faith. Lord, they're coming before you, Lord, just humbling themselves and being completely transparent being open to you. Lord, help them. Strengthen them. Encourage them. Lord, the victory has already been won. May you reveal that to them and may they learn to walk in victory. May they, be, may they face the giants that are before them. These storms of life that come to drown them, to take them out, May they focus on you and keep their eyes on the victory that has overcome the world. And that is faith. Give them that faith, Lord, to overcome. So, Lord, we thank you for them. We thank you that that as they've come before you, Lord, just sharing with you, Lord, the weakness that they have, we know that you will meet them, Lord, and that you will do a great and a mighty work in them. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, God bless you all.